0: Welcome to 17 Minutes of Science. Uh, my name is Sarah Cheesman, and I'm a technical solution scientist at In Vivo Biosystems. We're glad to have you here with us today. And I am excited to talk about a topic near and dear to my heart, which is developing tools for zebrafish research. And my guest today is Dr. Raheel Samuel. And I will let him introduce himself in just a moment. But I'll tell you a bit about him. He has over 11 years of experience in developing microfluidic systems For many clients and uh, has made significant contributions in regard to high throughput systems for manipulating cells and organisms. So Rahil is actually an engineer that he has kind of intersected with biology. So his work has benefited groups who are both academic types as well as commercial clients. And he's co-founded two biotech startups where he still serves in leading uh, research and development efforts. He is the co-founder uh, one of the co-inventors of the ZEG, which is the zebrafish embryonic genotyper, which we will talk about today, that allows the ability to extract genetic material from live zebrafish, which is very cool. So um, that's what we're gonna we're gonna talk about today. So I'm gonna let Raheel say a few words and then we'll jump into the questions. Yeah,
1: oh, hi, thank you, Sarah. Um, this is uh, really a great uh, privilege actually to come and thank you for having me uh, on this show. Um, basically I would say in short, if I would describe my interests and uh, professional pursuits, is coming uh, with a microfluidics uh, expertise to solve uh, problems in life sciences that uh, require more speed, more uh, throughput, uh, where samples are small like zebrafish, and you can't solve these problems using other technologies where our technology can really contribute. So always enjoyed working with life scientists and making life better healthier solving the uh, problems with diseases and zebrafish again has been doing that so yeah that's Great. Thank like
0: to for thank you for that that um, context and Actually, I want to jump into a question, but you, of course, and what you said just sparked another question, so I'm going to fold them together. But your background as an an engineer, we'd love to know how you intersected with the zebrafish community. And I'm also hoping that you can fold in for people who are not so familiar with what microfluidics actually is, if you could give us a bit of a definition.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, So microfluidics is actually uh, the ability uh, to manipulate fluids, uh, any types of fluids, at a micro scale. So um, you get very uh, interesting behaviors of fluids that you can manipulate to do very uh, things that you can't do. Let's say you have a large amount of fluid. So uh, it's very similar to what uh, micro circuits are or microelectronics is. Uh, Almost very similar technologies are used except that in microchips you have current flowing through uh, uh, basically connection of circuits. Uh, but in uh, microfluidics, you have micro channels uh, that you move fluids around. And we one of the uh, very uh, popular application of microfluidics right now is single cell sequencing, uh, high throughput signal cells uh, sequencing and manipulation. Um, so it's uh, very, and point of care system that, I mean, things that you might have heard about uh, uh, attachments that you can have on uh, attached to your phone that uh, pros- like measure something with a, uh, a spit on sample or blood sample, they all use microfluidics. Uh, inject printers are uh, really the one of the first applications of microfluidics, actually. So um,
0: that's great background. So then so, how did how did you take that uh, grounding and connect with zebrafish people and start working on their problems, which of course is, it's fluid, all fluid.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. So um, one ideal thing zebrafish love, I mean, they live in fluids, they are in media all the time. That's a really good fit. The other thing uh, that sparked my interest in them is um, I was working with uh, uh, C. elegans a little bit uh, in my graduate school cities studies. And, um, then I started looking around. What other things are there, and what other applications, other models that we can look at? And zebrafish was uh, I read about it, and I saw that it's an upcoming model. I think that was in the 2000s, uh, early 2000s. And uh, yeah, I mean, we went to uh, uh, to the university where we were. I was going to. Uh, there were like 20 PIs at uh, that school, University of Utah, and. We met a few of them, and they numbered some of their problems that they have. And I think that that's where the Zeg comes in. Is uh, you can actually one of the hardest things is to actually genotype these very small uh, samples and keep them also alive at the same time. Uh, can't be done with any anything right now. So, yeah, that's where the Zeg came in too, hmm. as an idea. So,
0: so it was really. A collaboration between it
1: was yeah, yes, your, yeah your
0: engineering background and hearing what biologists were up against
1: yeah so it was like really fun like they said um, I mean and this is the fun part about uh, university research is like they are positioned to solve some very very difficult problems that uh, let's say in the industry industry won't take um, and so you can have very good creativity. Uh, like come in and we worked with those on the people on the ZRefesh side. And then on, of course, on the engineering side. And then it's just fun to just, you know, come up with like, we couldn't even believe that uh, people could, when we first came up with ZEG and when we first got a set of data, people were not like, it was like, oh wow, you can you actually do that? So that was fun to come mm-hmm. to that point.
0: So let's talk about the Zegs some more since this, this product has recently come to market. Can you tell us a bit about that that journey from those ideation days that you're describing to where we are now, and how long that's taken? And some yeah, of um,
1: well, the way like the way the light bubbles sound, you find out what doesn't work, right? So you st- you do all these experiments. I think it's uh, uh, by the time it was like at least three, four years of trials, of experiments, trying different techniques, what is available. Um, We had a group of, I would say, six, seven people, uh, including some PIs, some students. uh, And then we had uh, some like uh, part-time professional graduated engineers to work on on this. And the, it was, it was difficult, uh, definitely, uh, but, i think the what was the exciting part is uh, the goal that we could actually if we get this to work the impact it could have uh, i think that kept us moving and you know uh, striving for that goal so and yeah.
0: how many so, how many versions of the Zag existed prior to what's available today do you think
1: uh, <laughs> I, I would say at least at least 10 or 15 wow but, you know, you don't. You say, ah, oh, works, but it's not as good. So, yeah.
0: Huh? I would say at least that. And yeah. then, so in that process uh, of creating this instrument, which I, I do love the acronym. It's kind of catchy. The whole Zeg. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's self-evident when you once you hear what it stands for. Yeah. You uh, founded the company W Fluid X. Uh, I, I, did that did that come after you had the technology, or what were the steps there?
1: Um, so what 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 happened is exactly is uh, when I first came when I was in my graduate school, we started doing a little bit of experiments, um, which uh, we saw what works, what doesn't work, and kind of get into a direction of what the possible methods could be for getting this done. Um, we came uh, across uh, actually. Thanks to National Institute of Health, they re- released a solicitation that we want to make more tools for zebrafish researchers to make it more useful, make it uh, help them adopt uh, this model, uh, that could help the, you know, in uh, medical research. So uh, we we were in a great position at that time to get that to apply for that uh, grant, and that actually, being a PhD student uh, or sorry, recent PhD grad. Uh, graduate it was a great opportunity to work on something that I worked before and also take a role of a PI and actually you know build it to something that can you can give it to others so that was very uh, actually I would say like National Institute of Health definitely give credit to them Uh, I think they're definitely behind Uh, we we needed that support to get there so uh, through that opportunity we when we did the more experiments and, and through that funding, we were able to launch a company, uh, which is now of course, commercializing it further on, so.
0: And how many people are now involved with W Fluid X since, since things are wrong?
1: Uh, we are a growing company. I still, again, uh, Zebrafish is a very, uh, very niche, uh, you know, uh, space. Uh, we're small still, uh, probably I would say at least uh, five to 10 people. Um, and uh, we're growing. Uh, we just uh, cl- started, you know, scaling up and collaborating with other groups. So um, it's still pretty small, but yeah, the focus is to more uh, expand our tools more mm-hmm. and actually offer more opportunity for uh, research for zebrafish. So
0: great. Well, let's go there because that's what I wanted to talk about as well. Yeah. And so, just briefly, for people who. Haven't had a chance to see the Zeg or you know have a visual of, of what it is and how it works. Can you describe how somebody might use that in the lab and the problem that it's addressing for them in their workflows day to day?
1: Yeah, um, I think uh, we try to fasten the pipeline of uh, getting mutants uh, to what they uh, basically uh, injection. You create a, a certain line. And then you have to raise them up, and then you have to crossbreed and everything. So they need it at a certain stage. We actually try to speed that up uh, to help uh, users to raise the fish only, that raise only the embryos that they would like. Because uh, there could be, you know, I mean, the hit rate is is still small in terms of mutations. And so people have to spend a lot of time. So we're trying to almost cut down the time of uh, raising the fish of interest from, from let's say six months or three, four months to in a month or a few weeks. Um, we're also, that also helps in a way that uh, some muta- uh, mutant uh, embryos don't survive long time. They don't survive more than let's say seven days. Uh, we actually are able to identify the mutant, mut- mutants let's say in two, in two or three days. So you can actually do those that study that you want before seven days so that you can actually get that data that you want with three or four days of uh, age embryos. So the ability of the Zeg, the Zeg can actually genotype uh, 24 hours uh, after uh, the embryos you know, fertilize and stuff. So um, I think people have stretched, uh, they've been able to genotype till five days. Um, they're also, uh, Other advantages uh, in terms of uh, like storing fish, you know, again, so people are constricted with like fish uh, tank space. So that actually helps there. You don't have to again, raise that many fish. So you can get to your, you know, with with whatever resources you have, you can save on that uh, resource of fish tank space, so.
0: When I first heard about this instrument, that's immediately where my mind went was just the huge ramifications for husbandry yeah. Where you rear a bunch of animals that ultimately are not useful to you, and at, by cutting that, you know, over half those animals is, is a huge gain for yeah the husbandry yeah. People, and also efficiencies as you're as you're describing. It's very cool. Yeah.
1: yeah, so I mean, it was it really feel felt great that we can come in that uh, part and fill that gap and help in that. Uh, was like you know at that bottleneck. It was a very it was a very obvious bottleneck for a lot of people. So
0: yes, that's 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 very true. So to continue on with that theme, you're thinking about tools of the future. Are you able to share with us any of the ideas that are percolating right now for what's what's next? Yeah,
1: that <laughs> are brewing. Uh, I would say uh, our goal is to enable um, zebrafish as a high throughput model. Um, that I would say broadly, we're trying to, and this is uh, again, of course, coming around with the Zeg, uh, One obvious uh, next uh, product is our is to increase its uh, speed more, to actually add more automation to it. Um, we'll be we're working on that right now. Um, so along with that, we're basically our desire is to add more tools with that focus, so that we increase automation and also uh, just try to get, uh, not the researchers out of the picture, but all not in terms of tedious work, get them thinking about their data, enable them to get the data faster, maybe with more automation, um, not, and so that they can spend time planning their experiment, analyzing their data rather than actually doing the tedious step to gather that data and to automate it. So it's more reproducible repeatable. And I think that's a big need right now in uh, zebrafish research repeatability of uh, procedures and protocols um, as we have so far interacted with our customers. So what we have already- Yeah,
0: I would echo that. I and mean, that's, those are the kinds of conversations we have internally. And we also at vivo talk to zebrafish re- researchers all over the world. And that is definitely yeah. uh, top of mind. Automation will uh, enable, yeah, the, the reproducibility piece is really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have a couple minutes left, so I have a timer started, and I failed to tell you I started it, mm-hmm. but I know you know I was doing that. <laughs> I wanted to turn to just a, a, a related topic, but away from the Zag, and that is um, that you are an entrepreneur, and I think it's always interesting to hear people's stories. You said something uh, to me when we were chatting before we were live about your interest in what drives you in research for now versus research for 10 years down the road. I think you could say a little bit more about how you became an entrepreneur and that vision that you have for, for the now.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, I, I think, uh, so it, to be honest is like when you are part of something that could actually, um, as a scientist, you, you discover something that can help uh, science, uh, you know, benefit the growth of science or even benefit health and stuff like that, and which where we were in, where I was in with the Zeg, uh, it it was like, wow, you can, uh, let's work on that and keep on, like you're in a such a great position to make it grow. Uh, I think as scientists, uh, that's where I came in as like, okay, can I I be with this for more longer? Can I take it to a stage where it can be, adopted quickly and can be adopted in a wider in a wider audience because right now it's just sitting in this lab so I think every uh, graduate student who is working on applied research or science they might have that in, in the in them and I think I would encourage you that I mean we have the support again as I mentioned from National Institute of Health and also other agency I'm sure uh, that can help you you know get get to take your idea, to at least on the commercialization scale, because entrepreneurs are so important. I mean, you can have the best ideas in the universities and very in, very in these idea creation centers, but you need those people, and there are different types of entrepreneurs. Like some people are very good at scaling businesses, um, managing businesses, business taking the risk, you know. And there are all kinds of them. So as a scientist, you can be that entrepreneur that can actually, you know, the, you can that will be your baby, what I would say, your idea that, you know, you make it grow and then share it with others. So that I think that was my motivation mostly that brought me here. I actually never thought, by the way, that I'll be doing this. So
0: I think a lot of people say that.
1: <laughs> so yeah it has it's very it's very I'm, I'm 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 i think the most uh the the biggest thing was just oh wow this is this technology can help others uh but uh, yeah I mean and that's great that's a great drive and don't be afraid I guess so go for mm-hmm. it so those
0: are good words of advice and so in our in our last 20 seconds if you looked back three years as the as a leader of your company what would you tell yourself that you know now that you didn't know then
1: Oh, that's hard to, like 20 years from now?
0: No, if you look back three years ago from today at, at how things were, what you know now and how things were then, what would you tell your yourself?
1: Um, I would say uh, just encourage myself, I guess. You never know what you're going to see. I'm surprised so far. And I think if we are willing to take the risk and willing to work hard on something we believe, uh, I think it's worth it and I would say I, I think startups and uh, it's such a great opportunity to learn so much uh, and I would encourage I would I was not sure at that time but I would tell myself hey no you this would be good go for it
0: that's yeah. a great way to end and our timer went so sure. don't let fear hold you back you know so, Raheel, this was really fun. Thank you so much for sharing thank you, about the journey of the Zeg and defining microfluidics, which of course sounds like in the age of COVID is relevant every single day with every test that people are, yeah. are taking and analyzing. So we look forward to hearing more about where W WFluidX goes in the future and wish you all the best.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: Well, thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll see you next time.